0: 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care, with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Merrill Griff.
1: Hi, I am Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Deanna Albrecht, and we're so pleased that you decided to join us today. We all want to age in place, but what do we really need uh, in order to be able to do so? And when should we start really thinking about this? So, Dr. Mary, I'm sorry, Dr. Mary Langward, I know. Dr. Mary, I did not pronounce that correctly. I know. Just hop it right in here and (laughs) pronounce this for me correctly.
2: I'm Dr. Mary Langerand, and I usually go by Dr. Mary, frankly.
1: Okay, that's great. That works for me. Okay, Yay. so Dr. Mary is the co-author of How to Age in Place, Planning for a Happy, Independent, and Financially Secure Retirement. She is a licensed clinical psychologist who now practices full-time in New York. At We've done a lot of shows on aging in place, maybe not a lot, but we've done a fair amount of shows in aging in place. And we've talked to you about uh, a number of materials that are available about aging in place. But what I really liked about Dr. Mary's book in particular is it is a really user-friendly, very easy to read and look at step-by-step guide. Um, So we're very, very pleased that she is willing and is is here to join us today. Thank Thank you. you.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: So, uh, Dr. Dr. Mary, let's talk about your step-by-step model, which you developed, which is AOS. So, what does that stand for, and how does that help us prepare for aging in place?
2: Well, we've developed a three-step framework that we refer to as the ACCESS Opportunities, Services Model, or AOS. The AOS model looks at the three key factors that are crucial in creating a satisfying living situation for aging in place. Although everybody is unique and circumstances vary, we all need access to the things that allow us to live comfortably Opportunities to take part in interesting and fulfilling activities and the services that keep us healthy and safe while we're doing so.
1: So, let us can we look at this kind of step by step? All right, and can you kind of explain it? So, the first step is or It really is a step, I guess. The first is access. The second is opportunities, as you said. And the third is services. So let's talk about access. And let's talk about the issue of housing. So one of the considerations always is. Should I continue to live in my home? Should I move? Uh, should I move into my child's home? If I'm moving, you know, where should I move? Should I go to an apartment? You know, what are the issues that you see? And what are your suggestions for that?
2: Well, um, one of the key things to keep in mind when you think about aging in place is that so many people want to stay in their own homes and that's where they, they really would feel most comfortable. Aging in place isn't about staying stuck. It's about determining what your needs are and what type of setting would best meet those needs. So it might involve staying in the home that you've been living in, but retrofitting it so that it would accommodate changing health needs. It might involve downsizing so that you have a simpler space and more assistance. It might involve moving to a bigger place so that you could have multiple generations living together or friends living together. It might involve moving to a different part of the country that meets your climate needs better. It's all about thinking through, what do I need? And what locale or setting would best meet those needs? Flexibility is the key.
1: So I have a friend, for example, in in one of my book clubs um, and she has two other friends and they're uh, all widowed and they're actually looking for a house um, that they can buy. Um, and live in together you know it kind of reminds me of the golden girls is what it <laughs> reminds me of but yeah. but my question is you know what's your advice in terms of the types of things um, they should be aware of that they want to look for um, you know i get concerned actually when i hear her talk about this that you know it, tv is one thing real life is another um you know what are the pros and the cons of uh, shared housing situations
2: Well, um, the first thing you want to think about is making a very, very clear contract and agreement about uh, all the financial, legal, practical matters that go with a non-familial space-sharing agreement, because... The laws really do differ from state to state. The uh, the opportunities can really differ a great deal from state to state because you don't have the automatic sanctions and uh, access that's allowed to family members when you are, pardon the term, just friends or non-spousal uh, life partners. So... Um, Addressing both the legal and uh interpersonal or social needs that also kind of relate to a uh, shared space like that are super important, like any roommate arrangement, whether you're a college age or a senior, who gets to do what, when with which part of the space? are things that you really have to learn to hammer out together if you're going to make an arrangement like that work.
3: Uh, Mary, you know, sharing space is, the trend is also, you know, something that millennials are doing as well. And so um, that's something that I've been taking a look at. I'm a little older than a millennial, but still it's something that's a trend out there. Um, And another trend is the tiny house movement. Have you heard about that? Yes. Yes. yes? Yes. And what do you
1: it simplifies space? Okay, so I'm the only one obviously here who has not heard about <laughs> the tiny house movement. So well what have you explained it to me? Because I have
3: no idea what you're talking about. What, Mary, do you what what do you know about it? Um you, well the object
2: of the game is to in essence rethink how much space People need to live comfortably and happily and literally shrinking the concept from the thousands of feet that we think of as necessary in suburbia to hundreds or a couple hundred feet of space in which to live. And often the spaces are mobile so that they're either on Uh. wheels or (laughs) otherwise movable.
3: It's, so you can take it home crazy. to home and live in everybody's backyard. No. Yeah, pretty much. So it can be a, a truly
2: movable feast, and if you are healthy and mobile and able to uh, deal with that, it could be a really creative solution for a lot of seniors.
1: Yeah. So, I want to kind of move on to opportunities, but before I do that, I just want to pass on just my personal tip, which is part of what, when you're looking at moving, um, is you also want to take a look at transportation. Everyone always looks at transportation within the city, all right? But you want to make sure you take a look at transportation also um, in terms of air, all right? And... Um, airports that are near you, because some airports you can't get a uh, a direct flight out of, and some of them you can. Oh yeah. Okay. And so when you're traveling, like when I travel with my husband who needs a wheelchair, uh, the difference between a direct flight and a not a direct flight is a big deal. Um, so I just wanted to pass that on from personal experience. So Mary, let's talk about opportunities.
2: Opportunities. The first question, the, probably the second question you got to ask yourself in deciding how you want to spend your retirement years relates to what do you want to be doing during your retirement years. And some things really are um, dependent on where you happen to be. If you truly want to pursue uh, culture or education or... Uh, be near certain people, by definition, you have to be where those things are. And you also have to have the resources that are going to enable you to use those opportunities. And then we start getting into the question of finance. Often, in order to do things, you have to have adequate resources to have opportunity. This is and is planning ahead makes all the difference in terms of what could be a, a very fulfilling retirement or uh, a more limited one.
1: Your third point is services, so talk to us about that.
2: Um, many of these will relate to the types of help and assistance you will most probably need as you advance to what we refer to as old, old age or uh, past 85, if you're going to be able to be independent when you have perceptual limitations or mobility limitations, you're probably going to need more hands-on help. And that's where services truly can become a deal breaker as to whether or not you're going to be able to continue to remain in the community.
1: Yeah, I also um, am a firm believer that one of the biggest causes of stress, you know, occurs during transitional times. So I would think that if you could identify some of your services ahead of time, just some of your personal services like hairdressers and grocery stores, especially if you're buying organic food or whatever it is you're buying, um, and you could identify those and make sure they're there ahead of time, I, I would tend to think it would be really helpful
2: absolutely and and that's the kind of thing you can also figure out well in advance
1: so We're going to take a quick break. We've been talking um, to Dr. Mary, co-author of How to Age in Place. Um, And when we come back, we're going to be talking to her a little bit more um, about financial issues um, such as annuity. But we're also going to be talking about stress and the role of uh, alcohol and a little bit about mindfulness. So stay with us.
0: Sarah Care. We provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at SarahCare.com. That's S A R A H care.com.
4: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Call Between Generations. I am Dr. Brown. and I'm here with my co-host Deanna Albrecht and both of us are here with Dr. Mary who is the co-author of How to Age in Place Planning for a Happy, Independent and Financially Secure Retirement. And I will tell you that one of the things I liked about this book is there are sections in this book that are clearly marked that I think are very helpful tips and you know as our listeners how much I love tips um, and And there were things in there like, you know, how to identify a dishonest contractor, uh, which is something I've not seen before. So, I I think there are a lot of great tips in this book. So, thank you, Mary, for sharing those with us. Thank you. Mary, talk to us a little bit about um, financial issues and consideration, especially uh, about annuities, if you would.
2: Well money isn't everything, and you can't really set a dollar amount about you need X number of dollars in order to retire comfortably, but you do have to have enough to fund the uh, things you want to do and the places you want to be, and you have to set up a plan that will enable you to have consistent income over what may be a 30 or even 40-year span between the time you retire and the time you pass away. There are many ways of making your money last and to get really good individualized advice. One thing I strongly recommend is that people meet with certified financial planners from the time they start thinking about retirement until they actually retire and beyond so that they can find the balance that's right for them. An annuity is uh, a vehicle that gives you regular, steady income based on a number of factors. And for many people, that works really well in concert with Social Security, pensions, 401Ks, other types of investments... So that they can get a solid income stream from diversified uh, sources to make sure that they have enough money to float the boat throughout the entire process.
3: So, oh, you know what? I have a question about annuities. Um, mm-hmm. My grand, my grandpa. I took my grandpa. He was looking into annuities, and and I wasn't really sure um, what was the best resources out there to find annuities. You know, it was a little unsure. So he did end up getting something down the road. But can you tell us what's the best way? Because I wasn't sure if there were some annuities that you shouldn't look at. Um, I felt like I was a, a little uncomfortable with some of them. Your best
2: bet, again, is to deal with a certified financial planner who can advise you based on your history and holdings, and steer you toward the companies and resources that would be best in your individual case. Um, An independent planner is not tied to a given product. Rather, they they can really make a decision that's in the client's best interests, rather Mm -hmm. than saying, I work for this company and therefore... Our product is the best. Um, you You truly do well to find someone who's certified and gets great reviews, which is a place where some online research can help you a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can figure who's going to be able to give you the most dispassionate advice. You may have to pay for the consultation. But it's money well spent if it preserves your income down the road.
1: Okay, Let's talk about a little bit about stress. and um, as a psychologist, um, you're dealing with people who are stressed all the time. What do you think is the primary source of stress as people are approaching retirement or in retirement that you see frequently? Um,
2: one of the biggest has to do with uh, Worry that perhaps they don't have sufficient resources or worry that they won't have the care they need when they start needing more help. Another has to do sometimes with uh, your specialty, uh, dealing with the demands of multiple generations. Because often when somebody is getting ready to retire, one of the things they're thinking about is how do I pursue my dreams while I'm still helping my parents and still helping my children and perhaps still helping my grandchildren? And that, that can people can wind up feeling pulled in many directions.
1: Yes, they can. Actually, we were talking to someone yesterday who said that um, in Canada... If you're dealing with a younger generation, an older generation, they call it the club sandwich generation <laughs> because it has so many layers. So I thought that was really, really interesting. So, Mary, we know that the rate of um, alcohol abuse and drug abuse is growing uh, among seniors. I mean, what, what do you... Why do you think that is, and is there a way to monitor that to make sure that it doesn't go from, let's say, moderate drinking to suddenly um, a major alcohol problem, and the same thing with drugs? Well, unfortunately,
2: there are coping mechanisms that folks often used when they were younger, and they continue to use them. As they age, and as we age, our bodies respond to these things differently, and you can do more harm with less than would have been the case. So you wind up with a perfect storm that can often be descending on the person. In healthcare now, there's a much greater awareness, and I think there is a much greater. Um, Amount of attention paid to alcohol and substance use across the lifespan. Years ago, it was rather unusual that any healthcare provider would ask about uh, alcohol use or ask an older patient, "Are you smoking marijuana?" And these days, I believe that is now routine in in almost all healthcare settings. So it's a good thing because as we become more sensitized as a society to the fact that, yeah, people do use some not so good coping mechanisms, even as they're getting older, we can do something about it because you can change at any age.
1: So, Mary, let me let me kind of comment on that, okay? So that if you if you are concerned about this it would seem to me that one of the things you can do is to plan ahead. But when do you think that planning needs to begin? I mean, does it does it start at 50? I mean, is 25 too young? When when does that start?
2: Uh better late than never and never too early. If you can start at 25 and really give a lot of mindful consideration of what do I think I would like to be doing when I'm going to be retiring that's marvelous because it gives you a head start you can find ways to maximize get the most bang for your buck with your investments you can plan differently you might buy property with an, an eye toward a different design than you would else but if You woke up and you're 50. It's not too late. If you're 60, okay, you might have to use different strategies to uh, maximize your resources, but it's never too late. And you can always, you know, do what you can do to make sure that you're going to be able to live your life as fully as you can for as long as you can.
1: So one of the things um, we often talk about is mindfulness, uh, which is, you know, the ability to focus on one thing. I mean, I think part of the cause of uh, stress among many of us these days is multitasking. It's just exhausting. Um, And so what are your suggestions? You talk about one minute of mindfulness. Can you share that with us?
2: It's an exercise wherein you... Are focusing on truly appreciating and studying and entering the experience of something that helps you to relax and rejuvenate. Be it taste, be it your breathing, be it an image. The object of the game is not so much what you're focusing on as developing the discipline of focus. We're we're way too crazy about multitasking in our current social lives in, in this world. And we need to think very carefully and in a focused manner about what, what am I doing to be here now in in the uh, verbiage of the 70s?
1: You know, it's interesting to me because actually as a grandmother, mindfulness becomes easier when i'm with my grandchildren because i have that you know you have that sense as a grandparent of extra responsibility you know i turn off my phone i won't answer my phone i won't text um i keep it on enough that if my daughter-in-law and my son really want to get in touch with me they can but for the most part i'm focused just on those children and that's it it was i was not that way as a mother um, you know, I was thinking of a hundred things, um plus caring for my children. Um, and it's much, much better. It really is much better
3: it is. you know, i I'm re- about ready to hang my head because I think <laughs> there's times as a mom, I have a ten year old, you know, that I have to really try hard not to look at my phone. and And I know that I look at my phone way too often. And, and that's not multitasking necessarily. But I think, you know, in today's world, I do a lot of work on my phone. I do a lot of different things on my phone and I use it for multiple things. And so, you know, that's how it, that's what it looks like for me, multitasking. And so, um, I, but I'm very aware of it. And so I think that's what's important. It, it's a different sense of responsibility. And, yeah. and, you know, I think it is a,
1: a different experience. Mary, um, you've been a wonderful guest. Can we have your contact information? Um, well, we have a,
2: uh, a website, www.aging-wisely.com. It's associated with our book, How to Age in Place. And it gives um, a whole series of resources and blogs and talks and things that might come in very handy to people while they're planning how to
1: age in place. That's great. And once again, there are lots of great, you know, small tips. I mean, we were just talking about mindfulness before we broke um, and, you know, There is a section in here on mindful eating and mindful listening and mindful observation that are all great. So, Dr. Barry, thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you for sharing that with us.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been a great pleasure.
1: Thank Thank you, Mary.
2: Take care, Diana.
1: So coming up next, we'll be talking to Vicki Maynard. Uh, And Vicki is actually the executive director of our Sarah Care Center in Indianapolis, Indiana. But she also uh, sits on the board of uh, directors for the National Adult Day Services Association. And so we decided we wanted to talk about this today because uh, very often adult day health, uh, whether it's Sarah Care or whether it's another adult day health center or adult daycare center is often not talked about. Um, it's, It's not included in books. It's not included in magazine articles. And so our feeling at Sarah Care is that we want you to have all the information adult day health may not be the right decision for you or for your family that's fine but at least you need to um, at least you have the information and you can understand what the options are so stay with us next is Vicki Maynard Uh, it's Deanna and Dr. Merrill and it's caught between generations
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at SarahCare Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At SarahCare Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at SarahCare.
5: We're on the cutting edge of social media.
0: Can you keep up?
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill and I'm here with my co-host Deanna Albrecht and welcome back. So actually uh, Deanna, since you are not a millennial, you're a little older than a millennial. Rub it in, rub it in. All right, I understand. (laughs) All right. So we've been talking about aging in place. Mm -hmm. All right. So what when you think about aging in place as someone who's much younger and has mm-hmm. much younger children? I mean, what are your concerns about aging in place? What do you think about when you th- when you hear those words, aging in place?
3: First off, I don't I don't usually think of myself. I think of my mom. You know, I think about her and what I'm gonna how I'm gonna help her and what she's gonna do. Um, so that's how I first think of it. But then my children, I think about how aging in place is going to affect them and how when I get older, uh, my daughter's already said, you know, mom, you can live in my backyard in one of those tiny houses. She thinks that it's a great idea (laughs) to put me in a tiny house and put me in the back of her yard when she can come see me, you know, whenever she feels like it. Um, But really... uh, (laughs) <laughs> she, you know, really, I think my concern is that I want to be able to provide for myself so that she doesn't feel like she has to provide for me. And that's kind of what I already hear is that she's already concerned about what's going to happen to me as I age. That's interesting.
1: So mm-hmm. have you had any discussion, let's say, with your mother about
3: mm-hmm. aging in place? You know, that's that's, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Because are, my, my, are you are you going to answer me? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't decided if I want to answer you. the The funny thing about that is my mom did live with me for a little bit, you know, and so it's really different when you have your parents live with you when you're older. And so it was it was quite the learning experience for both of us. And she doesn't live with me right now, but she did for about two years. And so thinking about how I could take care of her later when she would need me in a different way. That's that's going to take some, some planning and some thought. And Do you think your mom is thinking about this at all? I mean, she has other options besides just moving in with you. She does. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she's thought about it because I don't think she wants to talk about it yet with me. I think I'm the one that's going to have to bring up that subject. Seriously bring it up with her. Um, so actually I
1: just did a presentation this morning on Mm -hmm. communication and at the end of after my presentation a Mm -hmm. young woman approached me um, and she said I have something to discuss with you that um, I'm very embarrassed about but I I really would like some help Mm -hmm. and I said sure I said what is your issue and she said well you know my my parents are older you know financially they don't do um, they have a lot of Problems. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother never worked and my father's retirement was cut, and some problems with his pension plan and so on and so on. So there are financial difficulties mm-hmm. there. And she said, they re- absolutely refused to talk to me about anything. And she said, I am very, very concerned that I'm going to end up being financially responsible for mm-hmm. them and doing mm-hmm. things like even paying for their funeral. And she said, I know this sounds really absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. She said, but I'm worried about it. You know, I'm young, I'm working. I have young children. I'm afraid I'm going to be financially devastated. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what to do about Mm -hmm. this. So, I mean, my suggestion to her was when you have this kind of situation, to get a third party involved Mm -hmm. and let them open up the conversation for Mm -hmm. you so it could be an area agency on aging Mm -hmm. it could be a certified geriatric care manager Um, but it's easier uh, when I actually she said to me oh do you mean like I should get a funeral director and I said no 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 I don't think we want to actually go to that step, all no. right? But yes, I, I I think that you know we uh, getting a third party involved uh, is often very mm-hmm. helpful, and then you don't have direct confrontation and conflict mm-hmm. between you and your parent.
3: That's that's really good advice. Are you coming over to my house? to talk <laughs> to my mom. No. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good try. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was a good shot. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It sounded yeah. good. Yeah. So... As as a younger person, Deanna, Mm -hmm. because I wanted you to come on the show as a co-host, as someone Mm -hmm. who is younger and has younger children, I Mm -hmm. mean, what are you hearing? You're on, you know, lots of blogs and you're Mm -hmm. talking to lots of people through social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you hearing any conversation about aging in place or concern about people's, you know, their Mm -hmm. parents
3: and what are you hearing well, I'm, I'm hearing that aging in place is um, the buzzword, you know, that people are really talking about it. I think that they didn't know that there were other options out there before. They thought that they either had to live um, in a nursing home and or assisted living. I think that they didn't think that they could live in their own home for an extended period of time. Um, that there wasn't services like Sarah care has really. And so that's, I'm hearing that more and more people want to age in place.
1: But in order to do that, then, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere or another, you have to become aware of services that are available to mm-hmm. you. So, for instance, uh, very often hospitals, um, especially their rehab uh, departments, especially the occupational therapy mm-hmm. departments, will come in and Medicare will pay for an in-home risk assessment. Mm-hmm. And they will look at the home and they'll say, well, you, you need grab bars here. You, you know, you need certain attachments for the rug there. Mm-hmm. You need a ramp. Here um, and many, and a lot of that is actually paid for. Uh, the wow. assessment itself is paid for by Medicare. Okay, um, so there's lots of things you want to take a look at. So, there is let's take a look, let's talk about the services that are available. So, most of us. I think all of us actually are familiar with nursing homes mm-hmm. and that you have skilled care and you have intermediate care in a nursing mm-hmm. homes. I think most of us are familiar with um, assisted livings. Mm-hmm. Many assisted livings have what they call memory care units, which are actually locked units for people with dementia. Um, and that is beginning to become regulated in many states, such as mm. Florida, um, which personally I'm glad about because I don't, like locked units without Mm -hmm. any regulation Mm -hmm. um, attached to them. But what really gets confusing for people, I think, is the home and community-based services. So the services that will take care of you or help to take care of you and support you while you're in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, So everyone always thinks about home care. Um, which is good, right. um, and it provides a, a, a you know a, a solid level of care. I think where people get confused is between in-home non-medical care mm-hmm. um, and adult day health. So, do you think we ought to talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, in-home non-medical care. There's there there's often a crossing of a line into home care. Um, they are not certified nursing assistants, but they're very good at um, helping with errands mm-hmm. and providing companionship. In um, taking someone to the grocery store, um, they should not be administering medications, mm-hmm. but they can remind people about medication. Okay. Um, they often do light housekeeping, they'll cook dinner, mm-hmm. actually I'd like them to come to my house tonight to cook dinner. In my house tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> do a little light housekeeping, cook dinner. This is not sounding so bad no, actually. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
3: when can I start? <laughs> right.
1: So that is the in-home, non-medical. Um, adult day health. Uh, means that people leave their homes and they come to us during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at Sarah we always say 101 activities and home by dinner, which really allows people to understand what we do. The difference is is that adult health centers are staffed with nurses, Mm -hmm. um, RNs and LPNs, in addition to certified nursing assistants. So there's lots of activities. There's great fun. There's great food. You meet great friends, great people. People, But always with nurses available uh, to supervise and monitor your mm-hmm. health care. And it's less than home care. Yeah. Yeah. Can I go to that? <laughs> well, we don't go and clean your house then. Oh, <laughs> right. We could send dinner home with you. Who right?
3: can go to that? Who can go who can go to an adult daycare?
1: Well, actually, there are there are adult day centers for people as young as being in their twenties that oh, wow. over eighteen. Okay. And there are centers like ours that specialize in taking care of seniors, although I don't want to make anyone depressed, but you know, <laughs> we're seeing more and more people actually starting in their fifties. Okay. So many adult days centers are seeing more people in their 50s with strokes, um, Mm -hmm. MS who are living longer, Parkinson's Mm -hmm. disease, uh, mild cognitive impairment and Mm -hmm. dementia. So they are coming to us uh, at a much earlier point. We're going to take a break. All right. Okay. Um, and when we come back, hopefully Vicki uh, will be able to join us. And if not, we're just going to continue talking about how someone's going to come to my house and then uh, Deanna's <laughs> house to do a little light housekeeping and uh, cook us dinner. God, if you'd like to be on that list, just send us an yep. email and we'll see what we could do. So take care. We'll be right back. All right.
0: Sarah Care. We provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved. Involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at SarahCare.com. S-A-R-A-H care.com
4: Opinions Options Answers You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness
0: caught between generations to reach our program today please call 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to dr. Merrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com now back to the show
1: Welcome back to Call Between Generations. I am Dr. Merle, and I'm here with my co-host, Deanna Albrecht, and now Vicki Maynard has joined us. We're so sorry about that confusion. So welcome to Call Between Generations. Vicki, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, good afternoon. Um, I am currently the
5: Executive Director for Sarah Care of Indianapolis, but I've worked with uh, the elderly and caregivers and the disabled for probably more than 20 years now, Um, but I got my passion because I was raised by my grandparents, and um, I was not happy with the services that I found for them when they were in their time of need, so Adult Day has become my passion.
1: And, Mm -hmm. Vicki, you left out that you're also on the board of directors of the National Adult Day Services Association. That's a recent appointment for you, so congratulations. Congratulations, Vicki. So... Vicky, before, in the first part of the show, we were talking about aging in place. So, describe to us how adult day centers help seniors age in place.
5: Well, I think, you know, a lot of times the obvious answer is the health care that we provide. And you talked about our qualified staff being nurses and certified nursing assistants and the things we are able to do as a medical model uh, working with the families, we can actually help reduce falls and hospital admissions, and hopefully even the need for some of these rehabilitation services. But I think one of the most important thing we do um, is providing quality of life. We uh, reduce that isolation and loneliness so many of our seniors and even our caregivers are experiencing. A lot of time they'll leave their loved one home while they go to work, and they'll just send them in front of a TV, and um, they will be isolated all day long. So I think that is one of the best things that we do for our individuals.
1: So tell us about the other programs or services that Adult Day Health offers to seniors and also to caregivers. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, we
5: have, in Indiana, we have social models, models, medical models, and a few disease-specific models. You may see some just for Parkinson's and some, uh, maybe just for Alzheimer's at this time. But, um, we're all working together to provide the best possible situation for the family and the caregiver. Um the thing that I like about Sarah Care, and you mentioned it, was 101 activities and home by dinner. We do like to focus on activities and our club concepts, whether it be the men's and women's clubs or our out-to-lunch bunch or um, our card club, which helps them, again, reduce that isolation and loneliness and um, provides a bond for community experiences and staying involved in the community.
3: I'm glad
1: you... Go ahead, Deanna. Sorry, uh,
3: I was just going to say, you know, one of our local Sarah cares just had a prom. So, speaking of activities, uh-huh. you know, that um, help with isolation, they loved it, and so that's all I was going to say. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm I'm glad I'm glad both of you are talking about activities because often,
1: I shouldn't say often, but sometimes when I'm out in the community and I'm talking about adult daycare or adult day health, the response I get is, "Oh, it's babysitting," mm. you know. Yeah, know. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Vicki. We
5: actually look at a lot of our activities behind the scenes as care, um, our lesson plans, you know, things that we can do to help them maintain their physical and mental health for as long as possible. And, you know, like we both been discussing getting them back out in the community and reducing that isolation but we put a lot of work and planning into our activities.
1: So if I wanted to find out if there was an adult daycare center in my area or you know I wanted to know more about it how how would I go about finding out about adult daycare? Well, the
5: National Association of Adult Day Care uh, has a lot of information, and you can go on their website. Each state, um, or at least most of the states, have an association or something um, on a website that could give you additional information about adult day.
1: So um, the website for that, by the way, is www.NASA, And it does have a find your location search bar on it. Um, So you can go onto the website and try to find it. The other thing um, the the NASA website has is a checklist. Um, So you could use that checklist as you're calling different centers or I would strongly encourage you to visit centers um, so they have a basis for comparison uh, between centers um, Vicki, how how do people pay for adult day? Well there's
5: uh, several options some um, who are private pay will use their long term care insurance. We're seeing fewer of those, but some individuals do still have them and they should look and be sure that um, their policy covers that. Um, We have uh, Medicaid here. Medicare does not cover, unfortunately, at this time, but Medicaid does. There are veteran um, services or contracts that several of us have that can uh, be utilized by veterans. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Let me say Private insurance. Right. But there are, and really, you know, um, either your adult day center that you're looking at can help you work through that or your area agency on aging or a private case manager. There's lots of people out there who can help you navigate a payment system.
1: So, Vicki, I love stories. I just love stories. So tell us, <laughs> share with us, you know, like one of your favorite success stories from your Sarah Care Center. Hmm.
5: Well, there are several of them from the man who never spoke to us who sang I Walked the Line for his wife and had not spoken to her for over a year. And then I think one of the most important stories that uh, people don't often realize how adult days can help is that I had been working with a gentleman for a long time, and he kept saying, I promised her I wouldn't take her to anywhere like this. And I kept working with him, and one day in January he came and said, Can you take her now? I feel like I could become abusive. And I am so grateful that he could recognize that within himself because, of course, we took her immediately. He um, went home, took a nap, um, had a little snack, got himself composed, uh, came back in. We set up a plan for his wife to attend, and he was amazed at how she had been a schoolteacher, and she would line up the participants to go home on the bus and she would read stories to the participants and it actually brought her out of her shell. She went home tired so that she slept better. Therefore, he slept better. Uh, but I, I don't think I will ever forget that man's distress when he walked into the center that day and how upset he was. And we were there to help.
1: Wow, that's a wonderful story. That really is. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's... Interesting to me because I think the staff of our centers feel that way. You know, when we were first years ago um, choosing a mission statement, you know, you, we all have these long mission statements that no one remembers. Oh, yeah. Now, so uh, we met with our uh, staff and we said, well, we need a mission statement because we're about to go through an accreditation survey. Um, and someone had said to me, you really need to hire this person to help you do this and it'll only cost you $4,000 to bring them in to you know, run this. And I thought, Oh, are you kidding me? Um, and so I said to the staff, we need to come up with a short mission statement. And one of my guys sitting in the back of the room said, we work miracles. And yeah. the staff just cheered and that was it. <laughs> All
3: right. Yep. It's been
1: with it's been with it's us wonderful. ever since. Yeah. So, you know, in how do you decide? You know, more about the level of service. So, for instance, you know, uh, Vicki, I obviously I know the answer to this since it's I'm the CEO <laughs> for Sarah Care. But you know, tell us. I, I think hope people. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hit on the things that I think people don't recognize. So, for instance, talk to us about personal care services. Yes, um, we can actually
5: do showers here, and I think that's one of the hardest things for um, caregivers to um, take on themselves. Is having to shower their parents or a close loved one for the first time, we can definitely take that task off of the family. And maybe they'll even then make an appointment with our beautician after that. And that's another task we can take off of the family. Uh, We make it very spa-like here at Sarah Care of Indianapolis. And our shower is easily accessible and warm and, you know, we keep it kind of fluffy towels there for them. So we try to make it a very pleasant event. With the family, that's hard to do because they have so many other tasks that they're trying to do. And here, you know, where maybe they're getting some resistance for showering and personal care, here they see the others
1: doing it. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. And Vicky, so we, I, 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 yeah, I hate I hate to tell, I hate to do this to you, but quickly tell us uh, about your center and how to get in touch okay. with you. Okay, um,
5: you can reach me at vmaynard at saracare.com We are on the north side of Indianapolis, and we would love to talk to anybody here.
1: All right, thank you so much. This is Dr. Merrill and Deanna Albrecht uh, telling you, remember to do just one thing for yourself this week. Take good care. Take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week.